Hey everyone, Richard Tubb here. Welcome to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been speaking to some of the most amazing women in tech. And today's guest is somebody I consider a trendsetter in our space. Michelle Ragusa-McBain is the global lead and channel community evangelist for MSP and XAIS at Cisco. More on that shortly. Now, Michelle is a former chair of CompTIA's Advancing Women in Technology community and is someone who I've recognized as a driving force in our industry ever since I've been involved in this space. Michelle, it's an absolute honor to have you on. Welcome to Tub Talk. Thank you so much, Richard. It is my pleasure to be with you because the feeling is mutual. I think you're me. How long have we known each other? I'm trying to think. We're, we're going to give away trade secrets here with ages and stuff, but it's been a while, hasn't it? Considering we're only 25 and started in the space <laughs> at a whopping age of 10, uh, I would say it's probably been close to 10 or 11 years, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so much to talk about, but I want to jump in with your role at Cisco first of us. Now, this is actually your second stint at Cisco, isn't it? So tell us a bit about the history there. Absolutely. It is a it's actually wonderful for me. It it was the first real, and I'll say real career. I did work on Wall Street before this, but my first real tech gig, and I was about 22 years old when I learned about an opportunity called the Global Academy. And uh, a man who I didn't know at the time was the area VP of sales said to me, you know, what are you studying? What's your major? And I said, well, I'm global business and marketing. I want to make a lot of money and then give it all away. And I didn't really have a purpose and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And definitely it wasn't tech. And he said, could you sell me a router? And I said, I don't know what a router is, but if you teach me, I'll sell you three of them. And he said, I like you. And uh, we had a great chat. And Lou McElwain, thank you for telling me about this wonderful program because I have been in the technology sector now for over 17 years, going on 18 years, and it changed my life. And Cisco's motto at the time was changing the way the the world lives, works, plays, and learns. And we really are, and we still are doing that. And I get to come back a second time um, after many different roles that I had at Cisco from sales and operations and global distribution, et cetera, to now the wonderful role of being the channel evangelist for communities and managed service providers and everything as a service at Cisco. So I'm thrilled to be back. I'm thrilled to work with the amazing company I started my career with and with managed service providers who I love. I've worked with for the past several years and, and that's where my heart is. So I'm great to merge those two worlds together. I was so excited when I saw you announce the news that you were coming back to Cisco because I was telling uh, telling the team uh, a little bit about your uh, history in the industry and all the different roles that you've done and everything. And I was like, this is a lady who's going to make things uh, happen. But you, manage, you mentioned managed service providers there. So I've got to say many MSPs aren't aware that Cisco has got such a strong offerings in the uh, the managed service provider uh, space. Tell us a little bit more about how you're changing that view from Cisco being seen as a, a traditional sort of networking provider to a managed service partner. You're, you're absolutely right. When I started my career, that was our big um, our big strategy and solution was switching and routing, right? And um, I could sell you a chassis 6509 switch and talk about your server room. And, you know, I was a certified engineer when I began my career. And then 
what happened was, you know, over time, we're a 32-year company with 237 acquisitions. And most recently, all of the acquisitions that we've made investments in are for managed service providers. So we have really been very, very dedicated and committed to looking at the spaces such as Meraki, Umbrella, Duo. And it's funny because I'll go to a community event or a trade show and I'll say, are you a Cisco partner today? And some people will say, uh, no, or I used to be, or, and then I'll say, do you sell Meraki? Yeah, that's in my stack. Do you sell Duo? Yep. Yeah. I say, welcome. You're in fact a Cisco partner. So sometimes it's just the lack of, we don't want to water down a solution that people love, but it's really the driving awareness of the, the huge portfolio that we have for MSPs, whether it's switching or networking or collaboration, we have something for everybody. And we are we are really pride ourselves on being one of the most partner-focused companies in the world. Um, and, you know, we are trying to be best of breed with our engineers and our investment into the space. And we realize we haven't always been here. So part of that is earning trust, earning trust of influencers like yourself, earning trust of the community that exists, showing up, being a participant, and allowing them to realize that you know, not only do we have a solution that can help them make more money, drive more business, have one neck to choke, if you will, um, but also that we care and that we're here for the MSPs. And, and I'll be that smiling face coming forth and hopefully um, driving that awareness. <laughs> Definitely. So the predominant audience of this podcast uh, tends to be managed service providers, IT solution providers. We've got all sorts of people listen, though. But for, for any MSPs just starting out with the Cisco tech stack, if I can call it that, what would you say are the top three technologies you'd recommend that an MSP take a look at and evaluate? And why would they be? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. So I help drive people to the Cisco provider program, and that really is a great benefit for discounts when it comes to Meraki, which is a, a top seller for most MSPs that I talk to. We also have Cisco Business, which is a competitor to Ubiquity and really is an entry level. Um, you maybe don't need all the features that Meraki has just yet because your client's a little bit smaller or you want a lower price point to get them in and then move them up your stack. So that's a great entry gateway for your uh, MSPs to work with their end customers in the small uh, market and small to medium business arena. And then of course, security. So here's the staggering statistic. And I have the great pleasure of being married to um, the global analyst for Forrester. And I learn a lot about um, what are the key metrics that are driving this line of work? And where do you stack rank against your peers and competitors, right? I think that's a question a lot of MSPs might have. So there's about 73,000 managed service providers around the world. Um, and when you look at traditional value-added resellers, 75% of them are saying, hey, I think I want to be a managed service provider, which is a very interesting turn of events. When you double click on that number, what's very interesting is that most of them, close to 95% of them, according to Comtia, the largest nonprofit IT association in the world, are saying, yes, we sell security today. And what's interesting about that, I mean, and that could be Norton antivirus, like who knows what they're selling per se, but what's more interesting is 73% of those MSPs that exist today 
want to become a managed service security provider, an MSSP. So when we look at that number, security is very, very top of mind. And we have an advisory council at Cisco and we ask them, what do you need from us? How can we help you? What are the priorities? And the number two things that they gave us is marketing, and we can help you with that. And the first thing is they really want to focus on security. And so we have an incredible stack of security solutions from Duo to Umbrella to Secure Endpoint to integrations with Meraki, um, and then also a new secure center. So if you want to go through a direct motion and pay as you go with licenses, you can do that with Duo and Secure Center, and it's less complicated. And there's a great benefit to that that many MS piece wants. So our goal or our phrase that Oliver Tusick, our channel chief, shared is we want to meet our partners where they are. And that's exactly what we're trying to do, whether it's physically, whether it's in their solutions that they sell, or if it's just understanding how we can help elevate their success. Let's rewind a little bit and talk about some of those texts. Let's get a little bit geeky here. So we mentioned, and there's so many cool texts that I want to jump into, but let's start with Cisco Meraki. So I think there's an assumption that everybody knows uh, Meraki, but if you were to describe Meraki to somebody who'd never come across it before, how would you describe it? Well, I would say, you know, if for those people who are familiar with our Catalyst Switch series and, and our networking, it's sort of the small to medium business play that is ideal for this managed service provider space. 95% of managed service providers are, this is their sweet spot, right? And we've seen 300% growth year over year in this, in this arena. So not only have um, during COVID the ability for people to become home workers in the new future of work or enable the power to work anywhere, anytime. But this networking enablement allows many of our managed service providers to set up shop in their area and allow them the cloud display where they can monitor and help keep them enabled and up and running and give those people peace of mind. Because a lot of the small to medium businesses, whether you're a dentist or a florist or a small med size clinic, you're not thinking about, you know, what is your superpower? It's what you do as a trade. It's not the technology. And this allows MSPs to be the virtual CIO and have this cloud-enabled dashboard that can navigate these work for them. And the same is true for Cisco business, right? So it's a wonderful um, solution. There's a lot of features that enable their success. And it's really an empowering thing that they are able to be the virtual chief information officer for these small to medium businesses without even setting foot on their premises, right? Especially when we had to be socially distanced and six feet apart. So as the world hopefully moves towards a new normal that enables the success, it allows them to really continue to drive the business and keep that monitoring available for them. And when I first saw the uh, Meraki technology all those years ago, it was mind blowing because I can tell you as a former MSP, the amount of times the frustration where it's like you've got to configure a piece of equipment at your office, then, you know, roll the trucks, go out to a client site, set it up, then get back to the office. And then it's like, oh, I forgot to do this, that or the other. Go back with Meraki. Just to clarify, it's all cloud based, isn't it? Basically, so you still got the hardware. But you can have the equipment shipped directly to a customer site. You can configure it from a portal. As soon as that piece of equipment connects uh, to the network, it's going to download its config, and then you can monitor and maintain it remotely, can't you? So it's fairly mind-blowing. You know, it's uh, even though it's been around for a little while, it's uh, worth remembering what we used to do before Meraki. Oh, exactly right. You know, the fact that everything can be enabled remotely is really what gave this 
product and portfolio the power. And this is what part of the managed solutions area of our space that a lot of people might not realize that we are, you know, kind of diving in when you think about everything as a service in this regard. A lot of the solutions that I mentioned to you allow you this capability, right? And it makes sense because these investments that we've made were typically for managed service providers historically, right? So the motion that we are using is that same motion and we're building and layering the technology and the investment and research and development on top of what we have today and continue to drive them to make them even better. Let's talk about another technology you mentioned, and that is Duo. So for anybody not come across Duo before, what is Duo and how? why is it so popular amongst MSPs? So what I would just love to say, I was so privileged to sit into a keynote session with the Duo team and uh, Sean stood up on stage and he said, you know, I, he started giving his speech and people in the audience started jumping in, telling why they loved it. I've never <laughs> seen a solution speak more volumes than in that moment. But Duo is a two-factor authentication, right? So in this area where there's a cyber attack every 39 seconds, which is pretty, pretty odd and and powerful to feel like, you know, there's so much um, defense that needs to happen. There's a lot of people that aren't enabled and prepared for that. And when you have HIPAA compliance and fiduciary responsibilities or privileged customer data that you do not want to get hacked or breached, it is more critical now than ever before. And so it's such a convenient, easy feature. You can do it right from your mobile. You can do it to your watch. If you have an Apple watch, like I do, basically when you log in to any company site, any private domain that your company has that has privileged information, it will ask you to either enter a passcode or send you um, a push. And it's that simple. You get the push. And if it's you, you click approve. And so it knows it's you and you're already logged in private, confidential, and sort of kind of like encrypted VPN, you're now allowed to get into your system that simply and easily while still keeping all of your customers' information and your company's information safe, secure, and protected. I love it. And I would say to anybody listening to this, the number one thing that you can do today to help keep your clients safe, to help keep your team safe, two-factor authentication, tell your friends and family about it, get everybody using it because you know, we, we all work in this industry and we've all come across situations where, you know, not just clients, friends, family have had their accounts compromised. And yet, it, you know, it's not foolproof. Of course, it's not, but it eliminates, it mitigates so much of the risk if you've got the two-factor authentication. So massive, massive fan of uh, Duo there. I really think it's important. Yeah. Um, another one. Sorry, Michelle, go ahead. No, as do I. I just, I love the simplicity of it. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's one of those things that for me, because when I, when I used to work at Cisco um, in the first 13 years of my career, a lot of what I did was uh, VPN and logging in and waiting to connect and choosing that motion. And right now it's just so instantaneous. It's so easy and intuitive. I just love that we can keep people safe and secure and do it in a way that's completely simple and easy for them. Yeah. It's such a great option. It's, it's got to be, hasn't it, for people to adopt it and to actually use it. That's been the challenge with a lot of uh, cybersecurity. But talking of ease of use and keeping people safe, I can't uh, continue this conversation without mentioning uh, one of the acquisitions that Cisco made a while ago, um, and that is Umbrella. Uh, so I knew it as OpenDNS, uh, and the team starting there, wonderful team, built an incredible product. Um, how would you describe the Umbrella product and uh, how that helps MSPs? 
Well, the OpenDNS product line has continued to be the same. We've just renamed and rebranded it, really. But at the end of the day, what's really interesting about this is we saw the success and popularity of Duo and how easy and intuitive it was for people and how much managed service providers and end customers loved it, that that is exactly why we created the Secure Center, which is our stack of solutions, including Umbrella, um, and it's going to travel in a very similar capacity as Duo does. So you can actually buy as you go per user month over month, and you don't have to be in a commitment. You don't have to go through any specific um, obligation, but the best part about that is you can still have your formerly known as OpenDNS opportunities and still um, just take it offline whenever you don't want to, but most customers don't because they love it so much. Let's talk a little bit about something you've mentioned there, acronyms. So we're an industry, we love an acronym, don't we, Michelle, in the IT industry? MSP, IT, you know, you mentioned an acronym there that I want to delve into. That's XAAS, anything as a service. What do you teach MSPs about embracing anything as a service? You know, I think it's a little bit of the opposite. I don't think that Cisco can teach MSPs about everything as a service as much <laughs> MSPs can teach Cisco about everything as a service. Right. In my mind, they're the ones that really do this well. When you think about who were the people that really have enabled, um, you know, subscription, consumption, and the ability for companies to pay as they go month over month and have these contracts, maybe two or three or four year terms, they are the people that have kind of set that foundation. And companies like Cisco that have an amazing product portfolio that we have really have best in class products, but have moved very strongly into the SaaS, the software as a service space along with everybody. I mean, if you look at any of the big companies, HPE, IBM, Dell, Cisco, we're all moving into this arena. So if you're not an MSP today, or you're not an MSP that is selling software as a service or subscriptions as a service today, then I think it's not a matter of if, but when, because most of the large vendors and most of the smaller vendors are moving towards that arena. And I like to think of B2B as B2C and like think about everything that we experience, how easy and intuitive it is when we're home and how we overcomplicate things as businesses. And yeah. when we were all working remotely, you see things. And I, I used to ask people when I was a consultant, I would do a lot of coaching seminars and I would say, how many of you, when you want to look at a recipe, um, you go on Yelp or how many of you, when you go to a car dealership, know everything about the specs and feeds and speeds of that car before you even walk in the door, you know, if it's been an accident, you know, the make, the model, the type, the cost, you know, how much holdback they have on the car and you've already done the work to know upfront. Well, our customers are just as informed and enabled. They know about you and your competitors. And what's really differentiating you from them is the experience and their trust. Because at the end of the day, people buy from people they like. That old adage has never changed. So those relationships are just as critical as ever before. And your role, as my role to you, is to be the trusted advisor, is to help enable and empower their success and give them peace of mind. And I always use the example of Peloton. How many people had a stationary bike that sat there as a clothes hanger? I know I did. <laughs> yes. About what, what did I do? And I've also done that with ellipticals and treadmills. And then finally, Peloton. And I look at it and I say, will I actually use it? It's expensive. Do I want to pay upfront costs and a monthly installment just for a bicycle that I have never used before? And then 
I got it. And I'm hooked. Why? Because of the experience, because of the gamification, because of the, how easy and intuitive it is, because I feel that it understands my motives. And that's what I would say for understanding everything as a service. How many people could live without Netflix now versus cable? How many people do not care? Like you can up that bill monthly because the value is so worthwhile to me. I watched every, every series on uh, that I could on Netflix during COVID because I didn't go out much like most of us. Yeah. And it was so rewarding. And that's the ability for us to say, are you charging enough for your value? And do you do it in a way that... What is your key differentiator? You know, Simon Sinek, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? And why does the customer want to choose you versus all of your competitors? At the end of the day, products and solutions are pretty comparable and technology can be pretty comparable, but they're going to want to work with you and the experience you provide them. And if it's worthwhile enough, if it's easy enough, if it helps them enough, they're willing to pay for that month over month. I love it. And it's clear to anybody listening to this, Michelle, that you are a student of the game, as they say, you, you know, you pay so much attention to what uh, uh, MSPs are saying out there. I know you speak to Cisco partners every single day as part of your role. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. What would you say is the one thing that you think Cisco partners overlook when it comes to MSPs partnering with Cisco? Well, I think that, you know, most of the time, if I say, are you a partner today, they might have been a partner historically, but the provider program is very different because we've had a lot of different programs over the years. This is a brand new program that is specifically set up for managed service providers. And we are curating content and marketing and MDF packages and everything that is important to a managed service provider because we listen and we learn and we have an advisory council and we say, what could we do better? Because it's not that we're doing everything perfect. Nobody does everything perfect. We want to continue to grow and advance and be the best that we can be for our MSPs. And in order to do that, we have to listen and learn. So for us, I would say the provider program, if you're not in it today and selecting that when you're placing an order, then you're missing out on opportunity. The number two thing I mentioned that people said they need besides security specialization was marketing. And I uh, had the great privilege of, uh, you know, working for a consultant where I allowed a lot of conversations with vendors and their partners. And we would say, you know, how big is your marketing team today? If you have one at all, um, is it one person that wears a lot of hats? Is it an investment in a whole team? And the truth is, it varied depending on the MSP that we spoke with. And so what do they need is, do you need help with your SEO being number one on your website, right? If you're a local managed service provider, that's very important to you. Are you? If you Google yourself, do you show up? Can you do social selling? And what does that mean? Do you know what your LinkedIn SSI score, social selling index score is? www.linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI. If you're not 70 or higher, or even 65 or higher, then you're kind of missing the boat in terms of social selling. And that's going to gauge you in your relationships, the prospects that you're connecting with, the amount that you're engaging with insights, like sharing valuable content, PDFs at a glance. There was a really remarkable statistic by IDC that said 95% of purchasers look for content, C-level decision makers and VP. They look for content before they even talk to a sales representative. So remember what I said earlier about yeah. 
being a self-driving research, this is what people are doing. And if you're not sharing content and you're exclusively looking for word of mouth, you might miss hit the boat. So what Cisco is trying to do, and we're one of the best when it comes to marketing, we want to help you market better. We want to help create events in a box and other things through Velocity Marketing that can help you soar to new heights. And I'm working with Summer Goodnight, who's amazing. She's our new hire for routes to market marketing for managed service providers. This role has never existed before. And she is exclusively there to partner with me and allow us to take our MSPs to new heights and find content and, and ability for them to actually showcase to their customers why to choose them. And that's what's really valuable as well. So that's you don't want to miss that bunny. Amazing uh, stuff. I want to be clear about something as well. So uh, obviously, I'm, I'm speaking to you from the UK today. You're in the USA. Um, one accusation that's often leveled at vendors, isn't it? Uh, I speak to MSPs and they say, oh, yeah, there's uh, marketing content, but it's too US centric or too North American. But you've got feet on the ground all over the world. And, you know, you and I were talking just the other day about partners in South Africa and uh, partners in Europe that we speak to here in the UK and beyond. So tell us what the globalization part of that looks like. And the, the partner program specifically, it's not just for North America, is it? Absolutely. No, of course not. I mean, Cisco is a global company and we have um, we have a global partner organization with local geos um, and we have the Americas partner organization, our Amir partner organization and Asia Pack, which covers those specific territories. And then we're sort of the, the glue in between all of them to help provide frameworks, enablement, training and a lot of great things that we're, our, my team is building out right now to help empower their success. And I'm so thrilled and a, a huge shout out to Rachel and Andrea and Mason, Donna on my team because they're working feverishly to make sure that these partners get exactly what they need and that our, our DISTI teams, our virtual PAMs, our Meraki ISVs, everybody that partners with us across the board has content enablement, training, webinars, and the ability for us to really educate and take our partners to next level. So, of course, um, if you if you need something else, let us know. Um, we have an email address I'll provide it to you after, um, and then you can maybe put it in the link. But we want to be your sort of bat signal. I know it's hard when you have a big company to figure out who do I go to. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn at Michelle Raguse McBean and just shoot me a direct message. I'll respond to every message and allow me the ability to help navigate. I may not have all your answers, but I certainly can point you in the right direction. We'll include all of the resources that you've already mentioned, including your LinkedIn and everything in the show notes. So never fear if you're listening to this while you're out for a walk and like, I need to catch this info. It'll all be on the website ready for you. I want to talk about something that you mentioned, the magic word, my ears perked up, events. Now, you and I, we love an event. We love spending time with people at events and that. And last year, we had the first taste of Cisco Elevate, uh, where Cisco uh, hosted the MSP community with something for, for everyone from techs to execs, as you put it. Do you see more MSP-focused events coming out of the Cisco machine? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we plan. Uh, well, I will say this first. Thank you. You're a wonderful moderator and guest at our event. And it was such a pleasure to have you along with 55 other managed service provider thought leaders. This wasn't 
product pitching. This wasn't, you know, the ability for us to say why Cisco. I mean, we did have that in our content library. So if you want to learn more, we'd always love to share that. But I'll, I'll also give that link out because we have access to that for a few more months. So if you missed it, we had the best of the best when it comes to marketing, pricing strategies, negotiation, um, mergers and acquisitions, growing your business. So we had a lot of great different sessions. We also had a few cybersecurity tracks um, with um, Phyllis Lee, who is the director of security, as well as um, the CISOs for Datto and um, Ryan Weeks and for ConnectWise, Wes Spencer. So we had an incredible group of men and women come together and share insights and share perspectives. And we want to do more of that. So I have a monthly webinar series and you'll see each month um, I'll par- post it on my LinkedIn. We'll send it out to our partners via email. So if you're not signed up again to that program, want to make sure that you don't miss those things. So I would highly recommend that. And then of course, Um, The concept is everything we do, we want to hear from you because we drive that webinar panels, right? So we're going to have great topics such as where the state of the industry is going in the next year ahead. We're going to talk about networking as a service. We have a great uh, great series that Whitney Acom has put together, and I'll provide you that link as well. It's a three-part series about getting into the partner program, taking it to the next level and growing your business. So you don't want to miss a lot of the things that we have are very, very um, advantageous. And really, I think for my partners and, and my friends, I want to hear how can we continue to drive their success? So if there's something that you need or somebody that you think would make a wonderful addition to our series, again, reach out because I think that there's a lot of opportunities for us to partner with the experts in the industry and have them showcase how MSPs can really grow. And and one of those people I will say is the one and only Robin Robbins, who was our keynote speaker along with Gary Pika. And so we do have um, an offer right now. We're working with Robin. And so if you're interested or going to any of her events, um, the Producers Club, the Cybersecurity Roadshow, or her IT, IT Sales and Marketing Show, and we are going to be there. And then also, Gary Pika is has a cybersecurity um, opportunity with us where we pay the first two months for you, and you can get into his Formula One track and get some great coaching from Gary and his team, and then also get some great Cisco content. So um, provide all these links and value add, but we, we want to work with the best of the best, and we want to help drive our MSPs to new to new levels together. Gary is an absolute legend in this business. I had the opportunity to catch up with him uh, uh, recently on that. And the, the offer that you're talking about is definitely one that MSP should check out. There's a ton of uh, value in there. I want to talk about the future a little bit. Um, since you've returned to Cisco, is there anything that surprised you about how the MSP space has changed? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think, well, one is there's been just in the last year alone, an insane amount of mergers and acquisitions. I was talking to somebody the other day. So while they continue to grow, um, the other thing that really surprised me was that they had uh, expected um, growth, but not double digit growth. And so you see the pandemic continues to drive that, right? Even though we're not in the early stages of this. Like it makes sense in the beginning where everybody had to go home and be, you know, cobbled together solutions overnight or weekend. Not the knowing great, the great working from home rush is what I called it. March right. 2020. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So we had that great push. And then all of a sudden there was a, a gap, right, where you would assume that there'll be a lull or a decline because everybody's home now. And so, you know, now they're starting to go back to work or they're starting to go back to events or things of that nature. So I will also add um, and I do want to circle back in events because that's an important topic for us. But what ended up happening, what I thought was most surprising was that a lot of people who were originally in this in this motion, these efforts. Um, are still continuing to buy because what they thought would be only a few months yeah. is now a thing. And the employees that, you know, we also have the great resignation where it's a buyer's market. You can work anywhere, anytime. So why would I want to work in a bad culture or in a bad environment or work in a city that I don't love? If I want to work in Birmingham, maybe I want to move and not have to work here in sunny Florida, but I, I like the palm trees. So the idea <laughs> is that you would have to choose um, how to have a great culture and how to continue to drive for your employees, but also for your customers, because there's this unique opportunity where people said, I don't want to go back in the office. Okay, so what do we do now? Because if this is not a short-term fix, we need to have a more scalable solution. And then the, that's when MSPs have the opportunity to build a roadmap for the future, because a lot of small to medium businesses and the pay-as-you-go model and the building out their network model doesn't have to happen instantaneously. You can envision together your people and your process and your technology and how that all fits together and reimagine how you build this in this new in this new way in this new world, right? And so I think that there's a great opportunity for a lot of people to just jump on that bandwagon and just figure out where are the opportunities, security being a huge one, and what are the products and solutions and services that I can, you know, deploy that helps my customers. Yeah. And then I do want to double click though on the events. Go for it. Not only are we bringing Cisco welcoming MSPs to us with our event and, oh, and the best part about that event, and I want to thank everyone listening who attended, we had 75 countries represented and 2,000, over 2,300 people listening live or to the recordings. And that was absolutely incredible um, because yeah, some people get virtual event fatigue. It had been, you know, over a year of events. And we said, oh, are we going to keep doing this? Will we get anyone to show up? And the turnout was incredible. And most attended was Oliver 26. Um, keynotes. If you haven't seen that, I'd highly recommend that. But he talked about his investment and our company's investment into MSPs and small to medium business. In fact, he called it small is big in his adorable German accent. So you don't want to miss that. It was just a great, great speech. And it really just fired me up to hear how from top down and bottom up that we're all in for MSPs. Um, now, we're also going on the road. So we have plans to attend 35 events over the next year. So we are going to see you at IT Nations ConnectWise. We're going to see you at DattoCon. We're going to see you at Kaseya's event and their Gluex. We're going to see you at um, all of the events that are to enables events in Prague and in Vegas, as well as all of the smaller road shows too. So Channel Pro shows, Robin Robin shows, um, we're going to be present and we're going to be super excited 
uh, also CRN shows and, and CP Expo and MSP Summit. I can't even name them all. <laughs> You're going to see us. So come to our booth, wave and say hi, ask us your questions, tell us how we can help you. Come to our breakout sessions, take some cool swag. We have some great uh, mugs. I call them my mommy juice holders. The moms and dads out there will understand. <laughs> so that is, you definitely don't want to miss us on the road because I love to see my partners face to face. And if you want just an insight into the life of Michelle Rigus and McBain, I would highly encourage you follow Michelle on Instagram because <laughs> you have got one of the coolest Instagram feeds. You post stuff that you do with your family. You post stuff that you do when you're on the road. It's just so cool. So uh, keep doing that. Now, I want to change the subject. You mentioned earlier on the wonderful people at CompTIA. Uh, and, and I mentioned in your intro, you're former, you are the former chair of the CompTIA Advancing Women in Technology community. That's a community I know you're still very much involved in. How have you noticed attitudes towards women in tech change since you started in this space? You know, it's a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. Um, I will say my first global sales meeting and Cisco is a very, very equal opportunist company, but it was just very male dominated, not just our company, the tech space as a whole, right? It is what yeah. it is. Um, so there was a statistic that said once that there's more men named John that are CEOs than women CEOs as total. Just wow. So there's a, it's an overwhelming amount of um uh, Caucasian and middle-aged men. And that's okay, but we also need more of everybody, right? Because diversity makes the best products and solutions and services and businesses, and it resembles your customers who are also diverse and inclusive. So we we definitely are shifting. I've seen shifts and Comtia's work has been absolutely incredible. It was an honor and a privilege to, to serve in their community. I also had the privilege of sitting on the board for CRN's Women of the Channel. I'm a part of the Alliance of Channel Women. I've been a speaker for NC with the National Community for Women in Technology. Um, and so I do a lot for this topic for just not only women, but also for diversity and inclusion. I, my family immigrated to America. I'm the first in my family to go to college. I'm the first to get my MBA and I'm the first to work in technology. So whether it's different socioeconomic backgrounds, different religions, different nationalities or races, different genders, um, non-binary, whatever it is, LGBTQ, the, we are so much stronger together when we have diversity of thought and perspective and we can bring that together. And I've seen huge strides in those areas. I've also seen huge setbacks. McKinsey reported that one quarter of women left during COVID. And prior to that, uh, there was not only a stagnation of women entering careers in tech, but a decline. So Comtia made it their mission that we were going to reach 10,000 women and girls around the world because there's a huge, obviously, in, in Benelux, as they call it, in UK, in Australia, New Zealand, uh, in Canada and the US, they have huge presence in, in, in Asia, now in Singapore as well. So we're seeing like a lot of different people grow and have these communities and have these relationships together. And what I what I find most intriguing about this is that most often around the age of fifth grade, women stop studying. And why is it to, you know, look cool for the boys? Or is it to, you know, what is the concept that that is when the math and, and the STEM and STEAM 
sets back women. And we were talking about your Atari set earlier, and I was a gamer and I grew up coding. In fact, my mom was a single mom. So when she would work late, I would stay in the computer lab after school every day. I won the computer award in elementary school and I still didn't think about pursuing a career in technology. Why? So how do we make it sexy or attractive or appealing or alluring to women and girls and military and people in different careers who may not love what they do and say, tech is amazing. It does change the way the world lives and works and plays and learns. It enables growth. You can save lives. You can, you know, there's stories that we had in a contest recently. I'll give Ben Johnson at Liberty Technology a shout out. Um, He did this amazing story on the family medical solution. And we're going to do more customer testimonials and videos like his for our partners because it was absolutely incredible. But he helped enable a medical clinic um, during COVID to be able to do telehealth and think about the importance of that for families, especially high-risk immunocompromised people who couldn't leave their homes, right? So we have this unique ability for our our, um, technologies to change the world. And and I would love to see more women and diverse individuals contribute to that. Absolutely. Let's talk practical for for MSPs listening today, wherever they are in the world. um, What do you think we can do as an industry to encourage more girls, more women to be interested in a career in technology? Yeah, great questions. You know, I've done a lot of keynotes and, and moderated panels and been on panels about this subject. One of the things is very interesting to me. I'm I'm big on statistics, you'll know. I'm very metrics driven. So it takes more time to pop popcorn than it does for a a typical HR recruiter to review a resume. 11 seconds is the average time for an HR recruiter to review a resume. Um, And that is just kind of sometimes biased, right? There's a bit of unconscious bias that we all have that goes into a quick scope. And they've done tests where they change the name and they do the same exact resume and the men makes it to the next level and the woman doesn't. Why? It's very crazy to me. Or the descriptors in the application, he should possess the qualities. He should, without having a gender or a non-descriptive name. So it's almost like you unconsciously self-eliminate before you even set foot in the door. And women have the worst, <laughs> I'll say, uh, and self, self-including self habit of feeling that you have to check every single box before you apply for a job, where men oftentimes have overconfidence and they'll say, I've done this. I've attended an event once. I can be an event planner. Like that's the <laughs> level of difference, right? And yeah. so how do you navigate the level of confidence? So I had a gentleman reach out to me. He said he is in this great start SaaS startup for AI, predictive analytics, and machine learning. And it was super exciting and super um, growing at rapid speed. And he goes, I want more women. I'm a, I'm a girl dad, and I want to practice what I preach. How do I get more women in this field? And I said, you know, I can help. And he reached out to me because he knows that I have a huge network of women and different women's groups to help share and socialize it. And I said, well, what if, you know, I think the thing, because you see in AI and machine learning that a lot of people are starting to happen again, where biases are being built into the AI because the people that are developing are different than the society. They're just kind of one sector of the society. So without that, you know, it can impact how mortgages are approved and how 
and, you know, health insurance is approved. And if you don't have those learnings to able to stabilize it from the beginning, then we're going to have discrepancies. So there's this huge, huge um, interesting factor. I said, well, what if they don't have all the experience? And he said, it doesn't matter. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for people that have drive and motivation and can learn. We can teach you, but we need the right people and the right soft skills. And so that's the part to know. Women are great relationship builders. We're great team builders. We're great listeners. A lot of the qualities, and not to be stereotypical, but those are a lot of the qualities that a lot of women possess and, and men, but women are known for these things. And so how do you allow the equity and inclusion and diversity to be, and from the very beginning, the hiring process, and then not only attracting them and hiring them, but retaining them and promoting them. And that's where mentorship is really key. So if you're a, you know, a male CEO or a VP, there was a really, really staggering statistic that said um, after the Me Too movement, 73% of men said they felt uncomfortable mentoring women. Well, that's a big gap because if you're growing a bench for who you want to hire and promote and grow, and you're not comfortable with mentoring women. First of all, if you're doing nothing wrong, be comfortable because you're one of the good guys. Um, but if you if you do have that discrepancy, it's really important to note that mentorship matters, whether you're a man or a woman, you have to, you have to guide people. You have to be honest. You have to give real feedback and you have to motivate them in the direction of where they're going to really be successful. And if they're not doing something right, you don't want to sugarcoat it. You want to say, here's what I see that's holding you back. And here's what you need to do to get to the next level or to, to own your own business someday, right? And that's where I think there's this huge opportunity um, to, to carry the torch. And I think we can do more of that. Oh my goodness, Michelle, I could talk to you all day on so many of these topics that we've touched on today. You and I, as friends said, just before we hit record here, we've got to keep an eye on the clock here because you've actually <laughs> got a job to go and do. So we've, we've reached the end of our uh, time together. I just want to say a huge thank you, though. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I'd love to bring you back on the podcast to elaborate on some of these topics we talked about, if you would be up for that. I and we mentioned you so many resources will include everything in the show notes that Michelle has talked about. Now, before you go, you are very active on social media. I mentioned Instagram, but you're also on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Uh, I know you love talking to people. If anybody wants to continue the conversation with you, what's the best place for them to find you online? Oh, you know, honestly, you can follow me on Twitter at Michelle Ragusa. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Michelle Ragusa McBain. Again, that's a great place for me to answer any questions or direct messages you might send me. So I also do post a lot about our events, where we're going, give discount codes. And so you can get in at a, at a premium rate for us and we'll we'll take care of that. But we have so many amazing things we're working towards and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited and, and blessed to have this role and to be able to drive this with the team and also just to work for incredible leadership um, in this mission. But mostly, I'm also excited that I got to start my day with you. So thank you so much. <laughs> Michelle, you are you honor me. You are a force of nature and a force of nature for good in this industry. So I'm so glad you and I got to spend time together today. Um, everybody, go and follow Michelle on social media. There's so much good stuff to catch up with that she posts every single day. Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Richard. I hope you have a great week and, and take care, everyone. I hope to talk to you soon. We'll look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Thanks, everyone.
Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.